Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Whether it's role models of athletes, public-private partnership facility financing, or any issues related to sports and society, nobody's opinion was more valuable than the late Senator John McCain. Born in 1936, enrolled in the Navy in 1954, shot down over Hanoi, and a hero after the Vietnam War, a political hero as well. Elected twice from, the, from Arizona for the U.S. House, six times as a senator, an obviously thought-provoking individual. Caught up to him to talk about sports, business, and society at the November 2016 NASCAR race, had some really important opinions, which are even more important as we listen to them now. Former Senator, the late Senator, John McCain. Senator McCain, it is truly an honor. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Thank you. Broadly defined, sports, entertainment as big business, there are federal policy implications, tax exemptions, remove them or not for facilities, public-private partnership, federal issues, relocation, a lot of specifics, but broadly defined, how do you view sports in this context? Well, I view sports in this context in the context of the Sherman Antitrust Act. In other words, they're able to have exclusive franchises in different locales in this country and maybe even overseas over time. Uh, so, uh, And that's understandable and reasonable. But that gives them a degree of immunity, but it also then does bring in the federal government into their business. Now, if they were not receiving uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act protections and tax dollars to fund their expansions, their stadiums, etc., then I, as a United States senator, would not be involved in any way. But when they take a taxpayers-funded facility... Uh, and decide that they're going to black out the area because they haven't sold out the stadium, then that's when I step in and say, no, you're not going to deprive the people of your locality, which you have the exclusive right to, from seeing a game just because you didn't make enough money. And so that's been one of my my causes, and I'm sure it's made me very unpopular with some of the owners. In fact, I know I know it has has been. But look, it is part of America. The the major league sports is uh, is an integral part of America. I will never forget as long as I live. Years ago, when I was in a Vietnamese prison camp, and we got some new prisoners in, the first thing we want to know is who won the Super Bowl. That was the first question that we asked these new guys. So. Uh, it is, but with that kind of role that professional sports plays, they also have some obligations. And we've talked off camera about owners taking another step, Steve Ross and his initiative to end racism. It, it doesn't end it, but it certainly speaks to the obligations of owners, teams, leagues to be socially responsible in the broader context, correct? 
And, and that's why it was so disturbing uh, a couple of months ago when we found out that the Department of Defense was paying money for so-called patriotic events, honoring the men and women who were serving flags, etc. And I want to make it clear, there's a difference between, for example, here at NASCAR, uh, the National Guard sponsors a car, pays for it, that's fine, that's a recruiting tool. But that's far different from saying, we're honoring all of our veterans at halftime, and here's the flag, and aren't we great, we, the franchise, aren't we wonderful, we're honoring, when they're actually getting money for it? That, that was a bit of a black eye, uh, especially for the NFL. Leagues clearly take you seriously. They've taken you seriously for a number of years, and so there will be some technical adjustments as a consequence of what you've done. But again, in the broader social context, there's no better way to show patriotism than attend a NASCAR or sporting event, I assume. No, and NASCAR is especially good at that, particularly given the average, if you look at it, uh, middle-income, patriotic American that loves uh, NASCAR. And by the way, I think that the, our major franchise owners uh, do great things. They do a lot of wonderful things in the community. We have see example after example of the outreach of efforts to help address uh, community issues, whether it be education or whether it be hospitals and places. And a lot of the athletes are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But from time to time, uh, we have to make sure that they are doing the right thing. And you certainly have the ability and experience and leverage to make sure they're doing the right thing. I did receive a letter from the commissioner. This, this uh, pay for patriotism is over. They will not allow that to happen again, and I'm very happy to know that. And that took three hours, five hours after your press conference? No, not long. <laughs> Not long. There's the leverage comment. Let's segue into sports as economic development, if you don't mind. Uh, we're here at PIR, the Quicken Loans Heroes 500 happening. Uh, and the other issue of announcing a IndyCar race here. So there are three Super Bowl uh, dimensioned economic impact weekends on a calendar year. In this context, you acknowledge and support the idea of sports as big business, big business development. Sports is not only big business. There's a certain prestige associated with having the, the four major professional sports uh, here, franchises here. NASCAR, it isn't probably, I, we all agree that Daytona is probably the biggest NASCAR event, but PIR has become really very up there, and they're going to invest some, uh, quite a bit of money to upgrade the facility here. And this, uh, we have the Super Bowl sometimes, we have college playoffs, we have all kinds of great things here. But you know what the number one in attendance is every year? PIR. And uh, people, uh, it was interesting driving in today, it's sold out. There are people now scalping tickets. That shows the popularity that, uh, that this, uh, this sport has in this part of the country. And nationally and internationally as well. So, and corporately, awareness from the 
kind of narrow perspective of the valley, when you mention PIR, Avondale, Phoenix, thousands of times, it gets noticed by corporate world, but also by the, the, world, the business world at large. It gets recognized by the business world, but it's also, frankly, a, a source of pride for those of us that live in the valley and in the state. It's nice to see the Arizona Cardinals, the Phoenix Coyotes, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and PIR is, in if you sheer numbers, that's bigger than any of those uh, single events. So we're very pleased to have uh, PIR here in the Valley. It's been here a long time, and uh, there's going to be there's commitments to upgrade the facility here too as well. Speaking of facility upgrades, and we're not going to micromanage it, but the whole idea of the political and public-private aspect of this, mayors, political leaders always tell me that the easiest thing to understand but the hardest to quantify is the the intangible spirit of bringing a team, having a team win, having a team succeed. How, 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 do, you, how, do, you, how do you analyze that? First of all, let me say in full disclosure, I would not like to see a single dime of taxpayers' dollars used to build any of these facilities. I just, uh, maybe a tax write-off, but, but it is what it is. They have the exclusive franchise and the area, and they can always move. That's their right to do so. So we see taxpayer-financed stadiums. What do you think is going to happen out in Los Angeles here? As they, we know it's inevitable, there's going to be at least one NFL franchise out there. I don't like it, but it is what it is. And to counterbalance that, I, it's, it's a great source of pride to me to be in a state where, which is not a very large state, where so many people come, where so many events are held because they love the venue. Now, the weather has something to do with that, but there's a lot of other places with good weather, and yet in, in Phoenix, we get much more than our share, whether it be in college playoffs or whether it be a number of the other uh, NBA. We're going, excuse me, we're going to have the college uh, NCAA championship here in, uh, in Phoenix as well. So I'm proud, and it gives our citizens a great sense of pride that it's happening here, even if your mother-in-law and comes to visit while the, that event is taking place. Gives the mother-in-law something to do and the person that's being visited something to do. Just one follow-up on that question, if you don't mind. The whole idea of public-private partnerships, you said maybe tax write-offs. We won't micromanage that either, but we know that there's been about $17 billion of public money spent over the last 20 years in a lot of different contexts. Infrastructure, for example, tax credits, increment dollars. So it's not a it's not an absolute prohibition as you said it is what it is it's it's a it's a it's a technique how do you do it yeah i mean if we're talking about for example uh, the one thing we need in america right now is an upgrade of our highways bridges uh, etc and yet in in the congress uh, there's a little hope now we may have a highway bill we lurch from year to year with extensions of the old bill look if there's anything that's vital and i think to the economy of the state of Arizona, Arizona is an upgrade of our infrastructure. So uh, I'm not only not opposed to it, I'm proud that General President Eisenhower uh, put together the first highway system that has made America uh, so benefited uh, financially uh, because of it. And the greatest thing that could happen in Arizona is a highway that goes from the Mexico-Arizona border all the way to Canada. That's my dream. 
John McCain, the sports fan, obviously you go and watch as many different sporting events as you possibly can. So years from now, the plate is full with going to as many sporting events as are out there. Yes, I am perhaps the classic mediocre high school and college athlete that engaged in all sports, so therefore has an incredible appreciation for those with the talents that uh, excel at it. And some of my heroes, frankly, Larry Fitzgerald, Shane Doan, uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, we've had some really great, uh, some really great athletes and nice guy athletes as well. Since you've established your sports curriculum vitae and chops, and I don't take this disrespectfully, just everybody wants to know what 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 is John McCain doing ten years from now. John McCain is probably down at the old soldier's home waiting for someone to come and blow the cavalry charge so I can get into the fight again. Uh, my hero is Teddy Roosevelt, and Teddy Roosevelt gave a great speech one time called The Man in the Arena. I've loved being in the arena. Thank you, sir. It was an honor. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Appreciate that. John McCain certainly provides some unique perspective, and in his farewell letter, he says, do not despair of our present difficulties, but believe always in the promise and greatness of America. A diverse, thoughtful individual, honored to have interviewed him and talk about passions, certainly sports, one of them. Rick Haro, see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Our producer, Alex Cohen, associate producer, Freddie Joyner, assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Jesse Leeds, and Jamie Swimmer, and the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso. I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.